was working super hard on a makeup tutorial show. She was teaching smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds. Zapped into old radio shows the kind you might never have heard. Now she should probably be trying to get out But Madison, she's having fun Living an old-time radio life Our explanation is done Madison is on the air The Challenge of the Yukon All gang, all you huskies So this show is set during the 1890s gold rush in the absolutely frigid territory of the Canadian Yukon. It follows Sergeant Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police and his, get this, Wonder Dog King. No, seriously, the show was mainly developed around the dog. He's like, if Lassie could kick ass. Okay, back to your dressing room. We'll call you when we need you. His dressing room is bigger than mine. Anyway, the first 200 episodes, yeah, I said 200. There are over 600 episodes total. The first 200 were only 15 minutes each. So we're going to do two of those short episodes with a promo break in between. I'm going to start us off by telling you the tale of Ma Baker's Pies. The story takes place in the town of 40 Mile. It's a real place, look it up. So this eight-year-old kid, Jimmy, was hanging out in front of the Golden Nugget Saloon. Come on, it was the 1890s. Considering that in the 1990s, my mom was having me make her gin and tonics at his age, don't judge. Jimmy had this cute little husky puppy named Frisky. The dog was on leash, but huskies need a lot of exercise. If you're interested in the breed, adopt, don't shop. Jimmy was watching these two dudes unload their sled, and the puppy was getting bored. A blanket on the sled flipped up in the wind, and Frisky pulled free of the leash and started playing with the blanket. Frisky! Frisky, come back here! Get away from there, you what? You did not just kick a puppy! What's it to you? He's... he's a big bully! And he also reeks. Like what I can only imagine a bear must smell like coming out of hibernation? Hold your tongue, woman, or I'll teach you and that little brat some manners. Aw, Slip, simmer down. (laughs) Dude, your name is Slip? What happened? Did the condom come off and nine months later your dad's like, Hey, wouldn't it be funny if we called him Slip? Don't think I won't hit a smart-mouthed woman. Don't think I won't do to your crotch what you did to that puppy. Why, you... (laughs) Look out! Slip! There's a big husky! Get him off me! Get him off me! That's what your mom said about your dad, and then, whoop! Nine months later, here comes little Slip! Okay, down, fella! Keep him away! What's going on here, anyway? I think your dog was administering some frontier justice. I tried that on this heinous woman when I was Christmas shopping, but apparently Macy's doesn't consider their winter wonderland display the frontier, as the security guard made abundantly clear. He's bad, Sergeant Preston. 
He kicked my pup, Frisky. He did? I was teaching the brat a few manners. You were teaching manners? He can't help being a douche. He was an unwanted baby. I was not. All right, that's enough. Jimmy, get your dog. I'll ride you home on my sled. Can Miss Madison come too, Sergeant? She's been helping my grandma in the kitchen. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Sergeant Preston. Madison Standish. Hey. I love this whole Dudley do-right look. You even have the cleft chin. Is that a requirement to join the Mounties? Get away. If you want him to keep away from you, you better stay out of trouble while you're here in 40 Mile. I got Frisky, Sergeant. All right, Jim. I'm coming. So tell me, Sergeant Preston, is Mountie a title or an action? Pardon me? You up for some northern exposure? Well, uh... Oh, Canada. Hey, don't give me that. If you saw him in that sexy uniform. Anyway, Jimmy lived with his grandma, who everybody called Ma Baker. That's Ma with a W, like Cement Pond. Ma ran a restaurant on the edge of town. She was rugged with skin so leathery, Keto would protest her face. But she was super nice and even gave me a job helping out in the kitchen. No, I wasn't cooking. She moved me to washing dishes when I burnt the coffee that was still in the canister on the sled out back. As Sergeant Preston, Jimmy, and I entered, King rushed in. He knew Ma was a soft touch for treats. Whoa, King. Not so fast, fella. A big, hairy, dirty dog running right through the dining area. So glad you guys don't have health inspectors yet. Well, glory be, if it ain't Sergeant Preston. Hello there, King. Glad to see you. Hello, Ma Baker. <laughs> King, stop it. You don't have to eat her up. Oh, now you let him alone. He knows I keep all sorts of bones in my kitchen. Don't you, boy? Oh man, 1890s. Well, if choking on a bone doesn't kill him, I suppose rabies will. Say, Grandma, what are these big bags over here on the counter? Why, I can't even lift them. Well, Jimmy, it appears we done run into a bit of good fortune today. Are those what I think they are, Ma? Yep, bags of dust. You're excited about bags of dust. Is that what it means to be dirt poor? Gold dust, Miss Standish. And by the look of it, uh, a fair-sized amount. Sure enough, all told about twenty grand. You mean someone just give them to us? That's right, Jimmy. Sergeant, you remember Jed Davis? That old prospector I grub-staked about a year ago? Grub-steak. I think I had that once in an organic restaurant. Grub-steak means to provide a prospector with provisions with the hope that his claim will pay out in the future. Well, those grubs definitely paid out. Like fire. I gave Jed some money to get started again. Not much, just enough for grub and tools. I hear he's got one of the richest claims in the Yukon. He sent this dust along as a thank you. Gee, Grandma, we're rich. 
What kind of rich? Never have to work another day in your life rich? Or can afford a ticket on SpaceX rich? There's nobody that deserves it more than you, Ma Baker. Oh, go on. Well, Ma, I suppose this means this town is going to lose the nicest person in it. You'll probably be leaving us now. Wait, you're closing the restaurant? Do I at least get a severance package? I ain't going no place. I made enough money on my restaurant long ago to take me out of this place if I wanted to go. You mean you're gonna stay here and keep on feeding people even though you're wealthy? OMG. You want to keep helping people when you could totally nope out of here and live on a beach in Cabo? Is that what it's like to be Canadian? Besides, this gold is gonna be safe for Jimmy. As soon as he's old enough, I'll send him to a good school where he can get some learning. We'll start with some classes on grammar. As for me, I've been here a good many years now. Jimmy's ma and my son and my husband are all buried here. I don't like leaving them. That's why I'm all about cremation. Every one of my pets comes with me when I move. Except for my cat, Mr. Peanut. My grandma thought that his cedar memorial box was my grandfather's cedar memorial box, and now I have Grampy Standish instead. I tried to take Mr. Peanut's box back, but my grandmother called the police to arrest me for stealing her husband. Whew, that was a crazy Easter Sunday. There's another reason, too. Another reason? Maybe you'll laugh at me, think I'm a silly old woman. Uh, yeah, you're rich and you don't want to quit your job. This is the one place where my cooking is really appreciated. Well, I won't argue with you about that. Those pies you make are a work of art. Mom makes Marie Callender look like a contestant on The Worst Cooks in America. See, Sergeant, the way I figure it is this. Some folks can sing, some can act, I can cook. A singer must feel mighty grand when she sings her song, and the audience claps and yells and makes her sing it again. It ain't the money she gets for doing it, it's the feeling inside that people appreciates her. Yeah, she doesn't want to get paid for her time and talent, she just wants the exposure. Sergeant, there ain't a more appreciative audience than a hungry man who feels his stomach about to bust open with good vittles. I'd sure miss it if I left these parts. That didn't at all feel like the writers were trying to indoctrinate the little girls in the audience to be satisfied with dedicating their lives to catering to men. Nah. (laughs) Well, bless us. King thinks I'm a mighty thoughtless one. You want them bones, don't you, boy? Now, don't let him bother you, Ma. Oh, it's all right. I got to put some pies in the oven. You want me to help? Oh, no, dear. I still can't figure out how you started a fire in snow. Why don't you come back after closing to help clean up? Well, okay. But I break plates like I'm at a Greek wedding. Later, Mountie. Ma, you really are an old softy. Taking in that girl... Sergeant, when I found her, she was so out of sorts. She kept calling this place Lake Tahoe and asking where the ski lift was. I assumed she was half dead from exposure. So, with some time to kill, I headed back over to the Golden Nugget Saloon. Slip and his buddy Bill were the only other customers in there, And when they offered to buy me drinks, well, let's just say 
free booze absolves all sins. Okay, stay with me. In the proposal, Sandra Bullock, who is an American, plays a Canadian. And Ryan Reynolds, who is a Canadian, plays an American. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, have another drink, Madison. And Betty White played a half-Native American woman? I mean, Betty White as a person of color? Eh, it's okay. We can let it go. It's Betty White. Yeah, right. How about that drink? Hey, Louie, another round. Coming up. Dude, slow it down. This Frontier whiskey is some serious stuff. I don't think I've been this buzzed since I did those Everclear Jello shots in college. Lime Jello still makes me heave. Aw, you look like you can handle yourself. Yeah, but I gotta get back to Ma Baker's to help clean up after the dinner rush. And while I probably worked about half of my Applebee's shifts wasted, I did have the most accident reports. Like, not just my store, statewide. (laughs) Ma Baker probably won't do any more cooking, now that she's rich. Oh, yes, she will. That woman's crazy. She gets handed 20 grand, and she still wants to keep working. I mean, in old-timey money, that must be what? Like, maybe not Bezos level, but surely Walmart keep your employees on welfare and reap the profits level. You say 20,000? I don't know, did I? (laughs) I am pretty wasted. Does Ma Baker got a husband? Dead. The whole family died of COVID. I mean, diphtheria. You know... Diphtheria was super rampant in Canada until, hello, they developed a vaccine. I bet they didn't have any protests with dog sled convoys. So she's all alone. Nah, she got saddled with raising her grandson. Why? You want to marry her? Well, a rich wife who can cook ain't a bad deal. Neither is a rich husband who can cook. Except for Gordon Ramsay. It's not the epic shouting and belittling that bothers me. He's just ugly. So she lives alone with that little grandson? She lets me crash on the cotton back of the kitchen, which I did once at Applebee's. Not by choice, that's just where I woke up. Maybe we better go and sample one of her suppers tonight. No chance. She closes about now. (laughs) Ain't that interesting. We can share some bar food. Hey, Louie, you got some buffalo wings? Wings? Uh, I've got some buffalo rawhide. Okay. What are your choices of sauces? So Louie had to help me back to Ma Baker's cafe. Tip for you, don't puke in snowshoes. Every time you step, they act like tennis rackets serving up vomit chunks in your face. Anyway, little did I know at the time, Slip and Bill were heading over to Ma's place too. Slip, do you think Ma still has the gold in her place? Yeah, she must have. She ain't had time to take it anyway yet. I'm worried about that Mountie. He's right here in town. Quit thinking about the Mountie. We got the sledding dogs already. We'll tie and gag the woman and the kid, and then we'll be across the border before morning. What about Madison? (laughs) Ain't no way she's gonna wake up from that much whiskey anytime soon. Frankly, I'm surprised she's still breathing. She had enough whiskey to take down a grizzly. Yeah, we gotta get that gold just to make up for her bar tab. Well, hello there, strangers. 
I'm sorry, we're all closed up. There ain't a scrap left to feed you. We didn't come for food, Ma Baker. You're the one who kicked Frisky. You get out of here. That's enough out of you, kid. Maybe you didn't see this gun. What do you want? We heard that you got a fortune today. Now, if you're willing to be reasonable, share it with us, maybe there won't be any trouble. You mean you're trying to rob me? Why, you- You wouldn't want to see your grandson get hurt, would you? Don't you threaten my grandson. Then tell us where you hid that gold. You better get out of here in a hurry. Sergeant Preston is coming here to get a pie, I promised him. So you better get. Sergeant Preston? Slip, maybe we better get out of here. My bad. Also me. Madison, how is she still- Hold on, Bill. We can use Madison. One way we can make sure that Preston won't come here for pie is if we send the pie to him. Now, come on, old lady. And no fancy tricks, neither. Tell that girl to take a pie to Preston and say nothing about this to him. You got that? Because I'd hate for something to happen to your little grandson here. Why, you big bully! Quiet, Jim. I'll send the pie to Sergeant Preston. Ma, you don't happen to have a wet back, do you? <sighs> well, King, I guess it's time to turn in. I need to sleep. <laughs> What's the matter, boy? Why, hello, Miss Standish. Uh, I got your pie. My what? Uh, say, uh, why don't you come in? Thanks. I just need to sit down for a sec. Did you walk all the way over here without snowshoes? That's a whole story. <laughs> King, sweetie, you want to fetch me some Pepto? Uh, are you all right? Do you think you could turn down that candlelight? It's really bright. Ah, spent some time at the Golden Nugget tonight, Miss Standish. Well, it's not like your Gold Rush Boomtown has a movie complex. So, this pie is from Ma Baker? Don't worry, I had nothing to do with making it. I'm just, uh, surprised she's sending me a pie. Why... I only left her a couple of hours ago. Look, if you don't want the pie, feed it to the dog. I don't care. <coughs> you're excited now, King, but your diet of bones and human scraps is totally going to shorten your life. <coughs> All I know is, Ma told me I had to bring the pie to you right away. Wouldn't even let me sleep it off first. Well, I certainly can't turn down one of Ma Baker's pies. So, thank you, Miss Standish. Hmm. King, I believe we're going to have a guest bunking with us tonight. My, but this is a mighty heavy pie. Do you want a piece, boy? Oh, don't believe what she said about eating human food. Here, let me cut you at... Well, now, uh, I guess we won't eat pie tonight, fella. Ma Baker must be in some kind of trouble. Come on, boy. We better get over there as fast as we can. What? Where? Oh, hey. You wouldn't happen to have one of those St. Bernards with the little barrel of brandy around his neck. You know, hair of the dog. <coughs> Not your hair. Husky shed like a cheap wig after Halloween. So 
So back at Ma Baker's, those two nasty dudes had totes trashed the place. Like tables overturned, drawers dumped out, there was flour and sugar and vegetables spilled all over the floor. It looked like a hurricane and an earthquake got it on in that kitchen. Ma and Jimmy were both tied to chairs, and Slip was pacing, majorly PO'd. Now listen, old woman. This is your last chance. No more false leads, or the kid gets it. Where is that gold? It ain't in that vegetable bin. She was lying. Did you look at them cupboards? Yeah, ain't nothing there but pies. All right, Grandma. Are you going to start talking, or do I pull this trigger? Get him, King! Oh, no! Get away! All right, boy. Hold him there. Oh, Sergeant! I knew you'd come. Gee, Sergeant Preston, King knew he was bad, just as well as I did. Well, Sergeant, thanks for the ride back, but I gotta crash. I knew we shouldn't have sent you medicine. You talked, didn't you? Oh, slip and slide. What are you doing here? Madison didn't say a word, although she did leave a mess on my cabin floor. What are you complaining about? King ate it, didn't he? So, Sergeant, did you get my message? Message? What message? Yes, Ma. I've heard of four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie, but when it came to a pie filled with gold dust, uh, I thought I'd better investigate. Here. Let me untie you. Watch them, boy. Gold dust? In a pie? I didn't have time to take it to the bank, so I covered it with pie crust. You mean all them pies in that cupboard? It takes a smart crook to fool you, Ma Baker. And there ain't any that can fool you and King. (laughs) Sergeant, I don't know how to thank you. I'll tell you how, Ma. Tomorrow when we come for dinner... See that we get a pie from the right shelf. We like your cooking better than the gold dust. Don't we, King? (laughs) Wait, was I not supposed to eat one of those pies? It was a little gritty, but I was so drunk that... Oh, God. Come on, King. You're going to have to help clean this one up. Oh! Attention shoppers, have you come for something in particular or just browsing? We have a wide array of gardening supplies, a nice sharp pair of shears for your pruning needs. A good sturdy shovel is always useful to bury things. Something from our hardware department. Perhaps a new power tool. Or do you just need to pick up some groceries? Our deli counter has the freshest meats. Yes, we have all your essentials. If it's a bargain you're looking for, we're always slashing the prices. Come on in and peruse. Make yourself at home. And welcome to the Horror Shop. 
Season 2 is coming in 2022, featuring an all-new storefront with a shopkeeper and his new employees to guide you on your journey into the dark. With all new tales of torment to terrify you, disturb you, and unnerve you. The entire Season 1 is now available to satisfy all your horror cravings. Check out HorrorShopRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts to listen. Okay, you guys, so I might have blacked out after that whole whiskey and pie thing. I hope, because this is where everything gets super surreal. The next story is called A Pack of Bacon. Sorry, there wasn't a vegan option. Corporal Standish was one of the only women on the force of the Northwest Mounted Police. She smiled to herself as she glanced at her two prisoners plodding along the frozen trail. Jack Snyder and Sam McLean, two of the wildest criminals to set foot in the Yukon. With a sense of pride, she anticipated the satisfaction she'd experience when she marched them into headquarters. But fate sometimes cheats a person out of a hard-earned victory. Corporal Standish urged her team on confidently. Mush, you Malamutes, mush! Get along, little doggies! Oh, wait, wrong genre. Sorry. Don't give me attitude, buttercup. You eat your own poop. But at the same moment, Jack Snyder spoke guardedly to his partner. At the rate we're traveling, both of us will be looking through bars mighty soon unless we make a break. Yeah, well, it looks like you and that Mountie have been kind of palsy. Maybe you figure she'll close her eyes and let us run away. I've been trying to make her think that she can take us in without any trouble. Yeah, just two model prisoners. Hey, what are you two talking about up there, huh? Is it me? Are you talking about me? I know what gossiping looks like. No, Corporal Standish, nothing like that. We were just mentioning how it was getting dark and wondering when we might stop and make camp. Oh, eh... Now would be good. Whoa, you Malamutes! Whoa! Okay, Sam. When we bunk down for the night, watch me. You mean you got something planned? Don't I always? Dang it, dog! Stop already! Jack, she's mushing the team right for that clump of timber. Gah! How do you unmush? We're gonna hit! <laughs> Corporal Standish drove the team right into a row of trees. The dogs overturned the sled, knocking Standish and her prisoners off their feet. That was all Jack Snyder needed. Sam, grab her gun. I've got it! Hey, chill out! We've all been in an accident. Let's take a moment to breathe. Now, is everybody okay? Quit your whimpering. I did tell you to unmush. Who said that? Corporal. Was it you, Buttercup? Corporal. I saw that look. Corporal! What? We have your gun. We're taking the sled and we're leaving you here. You're going to pull that sled by yourselves through the snow? We're also taking the dog team. What? That was kind of presumed with us taking the sled. Well, good luck with Buttercup, because she's a bitch. Literally and figuratively, yes. The young Mountie stood watching Jack Snyder upright the sled as Sam McLean brought the team back into position. Everything ready? Yeah, come on. 
So long, Corporal Standish. <laughs> Sorry it was necessary to take all your grub. I'm on a diet anyway. And if I eat one more loaf of that bannock bread, I'm gonna have to go up a pant size. You might not have to worry about that. You're miles from nowhere, Mountie. And if the wolves don't get you, the cold will. I still think we should drop her. Yeah, you could drop me off at the nearest training post. I could get a ride from there. Do they have dog sled Ubers? I mean, drop, like, kill you. Okay, I like that idea a lot less. It's better this way. If we kill her, someone might find her, maybe before we get to Skagway, and then they'd come after us. This way, she'll do a lot of wandering without dogs and no gun. And when and if she's found, it'll look like what you might call a natural death. Is there maybe an option C we can consider? Get the dogs going, Sam. Mush, you Malamutes! Mush! Oh, sure, you listen to them. I'm getting real close to becoming a cat person. Corporal Standish had one thought as she walked along the moonlit trail. Well, this sucks. The young policewoman set a brisk pace for herself, realizing she must cover as much territory as possible while she still had her strength. Why don't I preserve my strength and go slowly? Well, because uh, the Yukon wilderness was the land of wild beauty and brooding stillness, it presented a terrible challenge for human survival. Yeah, yeah, I get it, the challenge of the Yukon. But I'm still not running in snow. Corporal Standish now remembered the men who died on the trail, unable to bear the cold and hardship of the merciless country. Died? Yes, died. Starvation, freezing to death, attacked by wolves, bears, any number of predators that might be hiding just beyond that tree line. Okay, picking up the pace. She kept walking, her feet aching and blistered in her boots. You're enjoying this, aren't you? You were the one who overturned the sled and let your prisoners get the upper hand on you? Oh, way to rub that in. Like this isn't hard enough without you getting in my head about it? Daylight came, then another day, and Corporal Standish began losing track of time. To be fair, I couldn't keep track of time before either, because my phone has no service and I never learned how to read a watch dial. I acknowledge that is a problem with my generation, but nothing I could do about it now. Shut up! Aw, great. Gotta keep going. I'm so tired. Snow sucks. The next show I end up in better be set in Hawaii. She was heading for Sergeant Preston's territory, but she could no longer tell if she was going in the right direction or if she had lost the trail. You could tell me. Where's the fun in that? Bitch. She took two more steps and... <laughs> face plant. The great dog King tilted his nose up into the sharp Yukon air. On King! On you huskies! King's more ahead of the dogs than with them. All right, fella. What's the idea? Don't the dogs go fast enough for you? The king wasn't listening. His sense of smell often told him things long before his ears picked up a sound. And now, he caught the scent of a person he recognized. A person Sergeant Preston knew. King glanced back toward the Mountie. What is it? 
In answer, King raced along the trail, knowing the Mountie would follow him. On, you huskies! King stopped beside the unconscious woman minutes before the sled reached the spot. Dog breath. What did you do? Have skunk for lunch? Oh, you huskies! Oh! Corporal Standish, have you been wounded? No, but I was left to freeze to death or starve to death or be eaten to death. How did you lose your sled? I blame Buttercup. Don't you try and defend her. Okay, okay. Maybe it was more because of the prisoners I was escorting. Prisoners? Who were they? Jack Snyder and Sam McLean. Oh, that's a dangerous pair. I am so glad to see you. How close are we to a hotel? First, I'll start with a hot shower, then a gourmet meal, maybe a massage. Oh, I could totally go for a seaweed wrap. King, get the dogs ready. Is it really far to the hotel? Jack Snyder and Sam McLean are wanted men. Duh, I know. That's why I arrested them. So do you think we'll make the hotel before sunset? We need to retrace your steps and see if we can't find some evidence of the direction they took. After you drop me at the hotel, you mean? (sighs) There is no such hotel. And we are Northwest Mounted Police. Our job is to keep law and order. Dude, I've been wandering the frozen wilderness, wet and starving, for days. That doesn't qualify me for a night off? We have a duty. Come along, you can ride in the sled. I think I still have some bannock bread in there. Ugh, jeez. I'm so calling my union rep. Early the next morning, the two fugitives, still well ahead of the pursuing Mounties, turned off the trail. Heavy snow covered their tracks. Toward mid-afternoon, they made camp and together went out with the Mountie's rifle to hunt for some game. When they returned to their camp, the snow had stopped falling. This is one night we won't have to settle for bacon. Good thing you dropped this dough. Hey, Jack! Somebody's been here while we was gone. Somebody nothing. Look at these tracks. A bear. And he's gotten to the grub. Made off the last piece of bacon. Well, I was getting sick of eating bacon anyway. Meanwhile, Sergeant Preston and Corporal Standish stopped at the part of the trail where Jack Snyder and Sam McLean had made their turn. This is the trail to Skagway, but we'll never make it before nightfall. Let's set up camp here. Ho, you huskies! Ho! Good timing. I need to find me a tree to water. Don't wander too far into the woods. There are a lot of wolves around these parts. I know, I know. I can't believe I'm actually missing highway rest stops. Who knew there'd be something worse than worrying about being attacked by a serial killer when you stop to pee at 3 a.m. in the middle of nowhere Idaho? With a strong sense of protection, King hurriedly followed Corporal Standish into the thick timber. King! Privacy, please! I do not 
want to be nose to nose with a dog while I'm squatting to pee. I know you pee in front of people all the time, but that's your choice. King's nose tilted in the air, sampling the smells around him. Don't sniff my naked butt! What kind of perv dog are you? Suddenly, King's mighty nose was drawn to something deeper into the woods. Immediately, he took off at top speed. Oh, damn it! Preston is going to be cheesed off if I lose his stupid dog. King! King! Get back here! On mush! King was closer to the scent now. He stopped to evaluate his position. He knew that scent well. It was a bear. A bear? Yes, and it'd probably be better if you were quiet right now. We once had a bear swimming in my parents' pool. My sister didn't know, and when she came home from school, I told her I'd give her 20 bucks if she ran outside right then and did a cannonball into the pool. I don't know who was more surprised, my sister or the bear. We had to tranquilize both of them. To continue, King could smell the bear, but with that scent came another scent. Bacon. Bacon? I smell bacon! Gotta be bacon. Only one thing smells like bacon, and that's bacon! Bacon, 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 bacon! Come on, the bacon strips commercial? Nothing? <clears throat> Where would a bear find bacon in the wilderness? He must have gone into a man's camp and eaten man's food. The great dog knew no bear had broken into Sergeant Preston's rations, so there must be another camp in the vicinity. The dog knows all that. I think you're giving way more credit to an animal who spends half his day licking his privates. Will you please be quiet? Jack, you hear that? Okay, narrator, voice in my head. This is all on you. Sounds like it came from that timber over there. Hey, you're imagining things. King raced back across the snow-covered country with Corporal Standish stumbling over rocks and tree stumps with the grace of a three-legged moose. Don't need your commentary. Upon returning to Sergeant Preston, the mighty husky was anxious to bring his master back to the camp he had found. What is it, boy? Where have you been? And where's Corporal Standish? It's a good thing this snow is soft, because I'm going to collapse right about... Ow. Okay. Didn't see the boulder under the snow. Ow. King, why are you getting the team lined up? I I don't know what you're trying to say. King knew the distance could be covered much faster in the sled, and he used every device he could think of to make the Mountie understand him. Why are you grabbing my sleeve and pulling me towards the sled? Do you want me to get the team ready to mush? Come on, Corporal Standish. I just got here. Whatever it is, King thinks I should see it now. And that's what we're going to do. Let's go. Can't I rest first? Exposure to the elements, barely any food, and I might have a concussion from this boulder. On, King. On, you huskies. I'm really starting to hate him. And by him, I mean the dog. led the team to the small camp where Jack Snyder and Sam McLean sat by the fire. It was too late when they recognized Corporal Standish as the sled approached them. 
you huskies. Ho! Yeah, that's McLean and Snyder. She found us. I told you we should have dropped her. Oh, my God. Could you keep it down? Between you and those damn barking dogs. Oh, my head is splitting. All right. I've got you two covered. Come along peacefully. Okay, Mountie. You caught us. Oh, it wasn't me. It was King. Come on, Corporal Standish. Let's take these men in. Your case is closed. Um, Corporal Standish? Huh. Maybe we should stop by a doctor first, huh, boy? Good morning, Mr. Holiday. Good morning, Susie. Did you have a nice weekend? Oh, yes, sir. But my Monday isn't starting out on the right foot, so to speak. How's that? If I may draw your attention to the sofa in your office. Susie, there's a strange woman sleeping on my sofa. You'll notice that too, huh? Well, who is she? For that, I have no answer. Uh, on you huskies. Mush, you malamutes. Have you tried waking her? Oh, no, Mr. Holiday. I read that it's very dangerous to wake up somebody while they was dreaming. They could have a minor cardinal infraction. You mean a myocardial infarction. Well, worse. A heart attack. Does she have a handbag? Maybe we can find her name in her pocketbook. No, but she did come with this letter. It's addressed to Box 13. Then why didn't you say so? Let me see the letter. I'm in terrible trouble. Please come with me to room 718 of the Bradford Hotel. It's urgent. Signed, Madison Standish. The Challenge of the Yukon first aired in 1938 and was created by George Trendle, who also brought The Lone Ranger and The Green Hornet to the airwaves. It ran in the 15-minute format until 1947, when the show was moved to television for a two-year run. By 1951, it was back on the radio, now as a full 30-minute show, and then would return once again to television in 1955. Oh, and fun fact! In the original episode of A Pack of Bacon, the character really was named Corporal Standish. Hey everybody, it's Madison. Thank you so much for listening. Do you want some free swag? I'll send you a Madison on the Air logo sticker when you sign up for my free e-newsletter. Sneak peeks, my exclusive behind-the-scenes blog, and all sorts of not-found-anywhere-else Madison stuff. Sign up on my website, madisonontheair.com. Oh, and we are in the middle of a campaign to get Ryan Reynolds on my show. When you're on Twitter, be sure to tag at VanCityReynolds with hashtag RyanOnMadison to let him know you want him on my show. Thank you, guys. You are amazing. Okay, announcer dude, roll the credits. Madison on the Air was written and produced by Christy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Christy Talon Sage. Sergeant Preston was played by Matthew Bird. In Maul Baker's Pies, the actors were Julie Hoverson as Maul Baker, Marnie Warner as Jimmy, Scott Berry as Slip, Bill Jenkins as Bill, and Jeremy Sage as Louie. 
in The Pack of Bacon. The actors were Sharon Grunewald as the narrator, Andrew Chan as Jack, and Paul Arabisi as Sam. King, the Wonder Dog, appeared as himself. Tune in to our next episode, Box 13, featuring David Pinion as Dan Holliday and Laura Christine Elliott as Susie. <laughs>